It's time for JT the Brick. I'm working for free today. Get the blank out of here. The tackles that are coming into this program have now got to, one of them's got to pop like Daryl Russell. One of them's got to pop. Who's it going to be? How long have we been waiting for a young defensive tackle to come in here since Daryl Russell and go, I got this. Don't take me off the field. I'm a beast. JT the Brick. I'm on a roll. I want an elite superstar, 25-year-old linebacker who's going to play five years in a row. You're going to pay him a new contract, and he's just great. This place hasn't done that well, and now Dave Ziegler probably could do a much better job at that position, I would believe, because the Patriots had a lot of good linebackers. Play that rant again. I'll get the hell out of here. And now, here's JT the Brick. Welcome back, everybody. JT in the studio today. Excited to be here. Last show of the week. We are off Memorial Day, but I'll be on Sirius XM all weekend long, Sunday and Monday. And you get it for free, actually. Sirius XM is for free. You get over Memorial Day. How cool is that? It's so cheap. It's the only way I've listened to radio for a long time. And you can find me on that platform over the weekend on Channel 82, Mad Dog Sports Radio. I had my mom and dad in town all week, and they are leaving Sunday, so we're going to get a good weekend with them here. My son turned 21 this week, so they're in town for that, along with my dad turning 84, and it's Memorial Day, and I love Memorial Day. My career started off 26 years ago, first show ever in Vegas, Sports Fan Radio Network on Memorial Day. So uh, that's an important milestone for me. I'm excited about that. A lot of NFL news this week surrounded the Raiders. Uh, the two big stories were Colin Kaepernick got a workout, and John Gruden uh, was won his first big step in his lawsuit by getting a trial. And the NFL is on appeal. They wanted it thrown out. You know, isn't that nice about the NFL? And push comes to shove, they're like, no, we, we don't want to do this. Let's throw it out. No, the judge was like, no. The Nevada judge said, no. This is moving forward. So that's an interesting story based here in the state. And then a lot of people are wondering about this Kaepernick workout. As more and more people are reporting on that it was positive and it went well from Ian Rappaport to Jeremy Fowler. Colin Kaepernick's arm strength and conditioning stood out in his workout with the Raiders, but no signing was imminent as of late Thursday night, sources told ESPN. The Raiders considered Kaepernick's workout a positive, a source said. Las Vegas could be looking for another passer to serve as a backup for Derek Carr despite trading for Patriots quarterback Jared Stidham and signing Nick Mullins. So with all of that involved, we bring in the Spanish voice of the silver and black. Harry Ruiz is kind enough to join us. And Harry, what did the nation say to you on all your platforms about Ka- Kaepernick coming to Vegas and getting a workout? Hey, JT, I was shocked. A lot of people were very happy about it, and I saw very few that were against it. So they obviously love the Raider way of giving second opportunities of, you know, all the players that came from other squads that were rejects in other teams, and then they came to the Raiders and they tasted the glory of winning Super Bowls. They think there's an opportunity similar to that, and he has been out of the league since 2016. So this could be a return, and like Josh McDaniel said yesterday, they want to get an opportunity to get the team better. It doesn't matter the way it happens. So if it's an, a free agent, if it's an undrafted free agent, if it's a trade, if they find a way to make this team better, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels will look into it. And I love it that the Raiders were the first team to give 
Colin Kaepernick a real tryout. Yeah, I think it's important, Harry, because the former regime and now the new regime have the same attitude that if the team can get better with any player at any time, they'll bring him in for a workout here. I just think the bigger topic that most people are missing out on, he had his workout in Vegas. Why isn't he working out today? somewhere else why isn't he going on multiple workouts and proving himself to other teams i can't figure that out there are other teams jt that they don't want to touch him because of potential controversy Mm -hmm. and you know mark davis he said it he was like hey we'll give him a tryout if the coaching staff and the front office want it we'll give him a tryout and they did it and from what i've read around the league he was good so now it's about who can give this team a better chance to win once your number two quarterback gets on the field? Nick Mullins, Stidham, or Colin Kaepernick? We shall see. Harry Ruiz is our guest. Let's move on to the rest of those who spoke yesterday, including Denzel Perryman, who clearly knows he's in a situation where he wants to prove to this new coaching staff and GM that he's legit coming off a Pro Bowl year. He was very humble yesterday talking about his role going forward and what he has to prove. I like that. There's a guy grounded, knowing he had a good year, but very humble and knowing he has to get better. Exactly, and he on social media, he takes the trolls what they say, and he responds. He's like, I know, I need to get better in that, and I'm working on it. My past defense isn't great. I'll work on that. I know I need to work on that. So Denzel Perryman, stay hydrated especially wearing a beanie out there in 100-degree weather. But uh, he's a great player, and now we got to see how, his, how he fits in this PG scheme with Patrick Graham. Harry Ruiz is the Latino voice of the Raiders. He joins us on the flagship Raider Nation Radio. Harry's on our team. You'll be hearing him more and more, especially here in my slot from noon to 2. I was impressed with Josh McDaniels. He kept talking about human beings. He's a good human, and he kept talking about verbiage. The verbiage, they even turned up the music to make it more complicated with the new language that they have here, the Patriots' way of calling plays and the language they have. We don't know, you and I, Harry, but I'm assuming Derek Carr is not going to have a problem with the new language. He dealt with Gruden's language, which was very complex. Exactly, and he was in that system for a couple of years, and he did a good job with it. Every year he was with John Gruden, his yardage increased. So he obviously excelled in it. Now it's an opportunity to work with a coach that has newer ideas, who has had success in this past decade, who has been in football this past decade. So I got a feeling that Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels are going to have a great connection, that they're going to lead this team to great things on offense. And obviously, Josh McDaniels likes Derek Carr a lot. Now it's time for D.C. to prove on the field that he can do the job that he needs to get done to get these Raiders wins in the playoffs. You know, Harry, one of the topics that really interests me is the depth of the running back room, and it's really deep, and Zeus was drafted, and Josh Jacobs did not have his fifth-year option picked up. I am wondering out loud how much work these running backs are going to get in the preseason where Carr probably isn't going to play a snap. You don't want to put too many guys out there, but the running backs, we're going to have to – there's a lot of guys there who are going to have to get touches with an extra preseason game. What are you sensing is going to happen in that running back room? It looks real competitive to me out of the gate. Yeah, right now it's crowded. I would doubt that the guys that are on the roster right now in that position, all of them are going to make the team once the 53-man cut had to happen after the last preseason game. But it's going to be competitive. You know guys like Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, they're more than likely going to be playing a lot. But 
Josh McDaniels, he loves rotating his running backs. We called that Raider game in New England in the 2020 season, and they would rotate them, and you practically didn't notice. They would run the same plays. They would run similar plays and use different running backs because they know the system and you need fresh bodies in there. And when you have fresh bodies on the field, there's a good possibility that they're going to be productive for you. Instead of having a guy like Derrick Henry having 40-plus touches and potentially getting hurt and putting your team in a hard position if he does get injured. Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice, as we wrap it up, talking about the Raiders and OTAs here. You know, Josh McDaniel said the weather's great. That's conducive to people showing up and being here. Everybody knows that there's a new regime, so you better show up. You better show your attendance. You're impressing a oh, new yeah. GM and a coach there. And Carr and the way Carr likes to work. We just played Max Crosby on a replay of what he said yesterday. And he, not only, Harry, is becoming more and more of a leader with the Raiders, but he's respected worldwide around the league. Oh, yeah. And since last year when Von Miller had his camp out here in Vegas, he invited Max Crosby. Of course, he's one of the best. And the other players in the league, they respect him a lot. Chandler Jones, who's a veteran in this league, who has been dominant for nearly a decade, he's asking Max Crosby for advice. Crosby has been in the league for three years. So that shows you the level that Max Crosby has been able to take his game to superior points than anybody expected this fourth rounder to take it and that's what the Raiders need they need hits in the late rounds in the late rounds of the draft and they got one with Max Crosby they got one with Hunter Renfro they got one with Nate Hobbs and when you hit on those late round picks in the draft your team is going to be very is going to be benefited from it so Max Crosby this dude is a real deal what am I seeing on your timeline with all this AEW dynamite? I didn't know you have your wrestling skills and prowess here. What's going on there? Oh, I'm a huge wrestling fan, JT. AEW, they're in town. They had a show Wednesday. I'm actually at Mandalay Bay here right now for their show that's later on tonight before I have to head out to work at 5. And they got a pay-per-view on Sunday. So they had their first show ever here in Vegas three years ago, and they hadn't come back because of the pandemic. So it's been a fun out here for all the wrestling fans they had around 5,500 fans in attendance at the Mandalay Bay on Wednesday they're going to have another 5,000 tonight and then nearly 15,000 at T-Mobile on Sunday I know so, you. Uh, yeah that's great I know you tweeted out July 16th and retweeted Chelsea Club America how big of a buzz is that getting here when we bring global soccer into Allegiant Stadium into Southern Nevada JT, Chelsea is one of the best teams in the world. They're one of the top squads in the Premier League in, in, in England. And then America, they're one of the best teams in Mexico. They're, one, uh, they're the most popular team in Mexico. They're, so I'll put it in perspective. America, they're the Cowboys and the Yankees of Mexican soccer. If you don't love them, you hate them wow. with a passion. So they're going to be here, and they're going to have a lot of fans in attendance. When they play in L.A., the attendances are huge. So believe me, a lot of people are going to travel from L.A. to Vegas to watch that game. A lot of people are going to travel from Northern California, from the western side of the country. They're going to travel to watch that game. And then Chelsea, you get that mm -hmm. fan base of great soccer, of a great quality, that they're always fighting in the Champions League. They're always fighting in the Premier League. So this game is a big deal. It's not Real Madrid versus Barcelona, but it's very big. And you got... Both best part sides of both worlds, Mexican soccer 
European soccer, you get both fan bases in there, it's going to be 50,000 plus inside Allegiant Stadium. That's what I like to hear. Build it and they will come build a big new stadium and host uh, wrestling, host concerts, host soccer on top of NFL games. Harry, have a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. Thank you, JT. Always a pleasure, mi hermano. Shout out to Demon as well. You got it. Thank you, my friend. There he is, Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the silver and black here as we open up this hour. Uh, brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. The Botanist Gin is what we're going to focus on all summer long. The refreshing taste of Botanist. Even if you're not a deep-down gin drinker, try it. It's lighter. It's fresher. It's crisper. You'll love the drink. And it's part of the Remy Martin brand. Hey, I'm looking at, you know, CBS Sports has a list of these dark horse quarterbacks. And, you know, they talk about Jameis Winston, Tua, Kirk Cousins, the Steelers, and the opportunity they have. And then I just want to read to you. This just popped up, and my son made me aware of it. My son's working for me this summer, one of his jobs as an intern. So he's looking at this, and he just sent it to me. Here's the cover of CBS Sports. Five NFL teams that could be better than you expect. Dolphins and Saints poised to make some noise. So that's a headline grab. So I'm scrolling down, and I'm scrolling down, and I read about Tua, and I read about Jameis. Then I read about the Vikings. Uh, their season win total is nine. Nine for the year. Odds to make the playoffs, plus 105, no 125. So I think that's the end of it. Oh, no, 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 no. I scroll down, and it gets to the Las Vegas Raiders. Would you like to hear story time with JT the Brick? Story time. Everybody pull over to the side of the road. This is beautiful. Let me read to you what it says. Las Vegas Raiders, over under win total, 8.5. Over plus 100, under minus 120. Odds to make the playoffs, yes, plus 190, no, minus 230. Here's what they say. The Raiders finished in second place in the AFC West last year with a 10-7 and seven record and made the playoffs. But sportsbooks expect them to finish in last place in the division in 2022. It's true that the Broncos and the Chargers both made splash additions that can turn them into legitimate contenders, but the Raiders had a great offseason as well. They reunited Derek Carr with Devontae Adams and made several additions on defense that could make immediate impact such as a pass rusher in Chandler Jones and a quarterback in Rocky Asin. I attempted to predict every game on the Raiders' 2022 schedule and ended up with a final record of eight wins and nine losses. It was tough to project, and I could have easily ended up nine and eight. Like their rivals, the Raiders are going to be hurt by having to play the AFC West, but they should be improved compared to last season. Carr impressed me by throwing for a career-high 4,804 yards, fifth in the league, and adding Josh McDaniels could potentially help him. So that's all I wanted to read to you. CBS Sports cover story today by Jordan Dajani, D-A-J-A-N-I. I apologize, I don't know him. Seven hours ago on the cover, he's the Raiders at 8-9. and nine. So That's clickbait. Right, Damon? That's clickbait. They, they got me to click on the clickbait. So I, I, am, I am here clicking on bait 
when I don't need to be clicking, I need to be drinking my Modelo in the backyard. And I'm seeing this here. So I click, I, I click on the bait. And I see the Raiders at the bottom, and he says, "Ah, oh, this guy, this guy cracks me up. Don't don't know who he is. I'm sure he's a nice young man." He says, oh, "I could have gave him nine and eight, could have, which is non-playoffs, by the way. Nine and eight means you're worse than last year." He goes, "But I settled on eight and nine. So, Demond, is that a, a definition of clickbait? Because I clicked it and I read it on my radio show, so I should be blamed for this." It's also false advertising because the headline reads, five NFL teams that could be better than you expect yes. in 2022. So the Raiders taking a step back, being two games worse than last you season. You nailed it. That's and better than you expect. So why are they in this column? Right? So I didn't expect it. So my son found it. He got it to me, and probably for the same reason you did. Because it is clickbait, and I clicked on the bait. There you go. Five teams that could make some noise. Didn't the Raiders make noise last year? Didn't they win 10 games? Didn't they win their last four? Didn't they do everything without a head coach, an interim head coach, and all of this? This, again, is another example of how the media the media are scoundrels and they go out of their way to hate the Raider Nation. It's, a, it's another example. Five NFL teams that could be better than expected Dolphins and Saints, boys, to make some noise. Damon, my point is they could have left the Raiders out of this column. You put the Saints, make four teams, right? But they, they had to do five. There you go. Coming up next, one of my favorite people in the world. I think you're going to enjoy it. He's the voice of the Spurs. He'll cover the NBA. He's got a new book out. Bill Schoening is an entertainer. He's a guitar player. He's a songwriter. He's a world traveler. He's got four rings as the voice of the Spurs. He's got a new book out, and we plan to have him on today on this Friday, and your phone calls. Haven't been able to take one today. We can open it up now and get you up. 702-365-9200. JT, brought to you by PT's. Best happy hour in town. Curry. Wiggins. Curry triple. How about the Warriors last night? At one point in that game in the fourth quarter, they just couldn't miss. They were knocking down everything. Clay Thompson was playing great. And they looked like a dynasty. They looked like a dynasty that is back. And when a dynasty's playing, we should all be watching. In all sports. No matter what sport it is. It could be football. It could be basketball. Whatever it is. When you see a great team playing at their best, it is must-see t- television. And, you know, the Warriors lost that game in Dallas when they didn't close it out in four. Then they bounce back and they hammer them and they get the victory. They are a great team. Now, are they a dynasty? Well, the last two years they did not make the playoffs. So let me repeat that again with their injuries. They they can't be a dynasty. You can't ever be a dynasty when you miss the playoffs. Does everybody understand that? But a dynasty to me is you have to win at least three in a row or three out of four, maybe three out of five. But a dynasty isn't three out of seven and three out of nine. You're not dynasty. Dynasties are when you put it together in a short amount of time and you're dominant. And the Warriors can start up a new dynasty. Remember, their last dynasty was with Kevin Durant. And Durant won two championships and two finals MVPs. Uh, Steph Curry won that new award for the Western Conference final MVP, named after Magic Johnson which is very impressive there. And I look for them to win the title. Now, I never thought that they'd win the title point this year. And I think I speak for a lot of people in sports. 
they, they didn't think that no who thought who had the Warriors winning this year unless you're an over the top Warrior fan. Most of the media did not think they'd win because Phoenix was so elite. Phoenix Phoenix was so good they were eleven games better than the Warriors. It wasn't even close, but they didn't get it done. Now my next guest is one of my great friends in broadcasting and outside of broadcasting, longtime voice of the Spurs with four championship rings, and he has a new book out, Story, Sports, and Songs. Tales and Tunes by a play-by-play lifer. The voice of the Spurs, my friend Bill Schoening, joins us. Bill, congratulations on the book, all your success, and thanks for coming on with me. I appreciate it, JT. You know, seriously, one of my favorite sports books, as you know, is The Handoff, which you wrote uh, about our good friend Andrew Ashwood. So um, anytime I get a compliment from a guy that's written a book, uh, I feel honored about that. Thank you, Bill. And, Bill, before we get into the songs and sports and all combined, I mean, the run that you've been on with this organization and all the playoffs and all the big games you called, four championship rings for you. This is a dynasty franchise from the Duncan, Parker, Ginobili years. I mean, do you still pinch yourself every time you walk into an arena to set up your equipment and call a game? Yeah, you know, the dream of mine since the time I was a 10-year-old kid in Philadelphia, Southwest Philly in the hood, uh, it was my dream to do this. And I, I can't believe the success I've had. Uh, in the 21 years now with the Spurs, my 22nd year coming up. So it's been a great run, you're right, and to cover all of these Hall of Famers. You know, Parker is not in yet, but he will be. Uh, Ginobili goes in in September. Pop's not in yet because he doesn't want to go in yet, I guess. Uh, but uh, whenever he wants to go in, he will be. So uh, I'm really happy about the fact that uh, I'll be in Springfield, Mass., uh, in September to see Ginobili inducted because, as you know, JT, I had a chance to call every game in his career for 16 straight seasons. I didn't miss a game, and uh, so I was there for every game he played. That is a tremendous accomplishment. Bill Schoening is our guest, uh, voice of the Spurs. Bill, when did it change for you? Because you've been doing play-by-play for a long time, college, football, college, baseball, and then the NBA as long as you've been doing it. What do you think is the defining moment for you where it clicked for you and said, I'm going to be a professional, I'm going to do this, this is my passion? Uh, You know, early in my career, JT, when I had to do a lot of other stuff to do play-by-play, because as you know, in small market radio, you just don't do games. You've got to do all this other stuff. And for me, I had to cover the prison system when I was in Huntsville, Texas. The reason I took the job there was because I was going to be the voice of Sam Houston State and do their football and basketball and a little bit of baseball. Uh, But my regular job at that station was to do news. So I had to cover the prison system. So as you know, I covered 29 lethal injections. So I got introduced at a convention one time, an AP convention, as the voice of death in Texas. So when you have those kinds of things that you have to do in order to fix your play-by-play fix or to, you know, to, to get it taken care of, uh, I had to do a lot of different stuff. So the first 10 years of my career, I had to do, you know, turn the station on at uh, 6 a.m., go out and cover school board meetings, do whatever it took to, to get the job done. So I was very thankful when I got hired by the Lady Bird Johnson family, KLBJ Radio in Austin, uh, in 1989, it was 10 years into my career when I finally got a full-time sports job. Bill Schoening, voice of the Spurs, long-time play-by-play voice, sports talk radio host, dear friend of mine. He has a new book out, and he's going on a book tour as we speak. Let's talk about songs and being a musician and that side of you, living in Austin, Texas, working in San Antonio, traveling all over the country where you're coming up with lyrics and ideas when did you know that you had some success with this and you wanted to follow that path? Well, when I moved to Austin, it was 1989, and uh, shortly after that, I followed the rule. When you move to Austin, you must get a guitar. <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, I had always kind of written poems in school and, and, and little artsy fartsy kind of stuff. But uh, I started to you know form some melodies. I learned some chords, uh, and I got hooked on it. You know, so I've written about thirty songs now. I've released three CDs independently. You know, I just have fun with it. Uh, but I like working with other musicians, JT. I like forming melodies. I like trying to figure out the instrumentation. Uh, I just wrote a song about my mom, and she was Irish. So we're trying to figure out the exact uh, instrumentation to make it sound a little bit more Irish. You know, we had a little ukulele in there and a mandolin. So just doing things like that. We just have fun with it. Bill Shoning's our guest. Got a new book out. Great play-by-play voice. So when you're writing lyrics and you're on the road and you're doing this and you're coming up, also you're faith-based, so you've performed in houses of worship, and on top of that, and you like to walk into honky-tonks, you like to go out on the road when the Spurs are on the road and, and go see other musicians, so it's in your blood. Yeah, I, I grew up in Philly, and uh, one of my best friends, a guy named Ken Queter, who's a singer-songwriter, we thought was going to make it real big. He never did make it big, but he's become a legendary troubadour in Philly. He's played all the bars in Philly, and everybody knows him. He's 70 years old now, still gigging three nights a week. Uh, and he's one of my dear friends. He's kind of my inspiration musically, I guess. Uh, but I, I just love the music, you know. I grew up on that Philly soul stuff, and then I got to see Springsteen very early in his career when he's playing the Stone Pony in Asbury Park. So I was kind of on the ground floor of that whole thing. I got to meet him. There's a story in the book about that uh, at a very young age at the Stone Pony, and he gave me some career advice, believe it or not. Uh, so it just uh, it's, it was been a you know really cool ride. But to be from that part of the world, JT, I know you're from New York uh, and from mm-hmm. Philly, that the kind of passion that Philadelphia sports fans have uh, and growing up in that kind of environment, uh, you know, it was easy to kind of get caught up in it. And, and I was lucky at the age of 10 but I knew that this was what I wanted to do. Bill Shoney, my dear friend, Voice of the Spurs, with a new book out, Story, Sports, and Songs, Tales and Tunes by a Play-by-Play Lifer. I wanted to ask you a couple of quick NBA questions here now. The advent of the three, and now how the three is the main shot all the time. I was watching the game with my dad the other night, and, you know, it, the Dallas is down 13, 18 points, and you would think, the only way to get back into the game would be to shoot the three. And Stan Van Gundy said, no, the way to do it is to stop the clock and get to the free throw line. And you've covered a lot of great three-point shooters in San Antonio with the four championships that you've called there. What do you think about the league now and the three-pointer becoming a mainstream shot that everyone takes no matter what time is left on the clock, what quarter, or what even the score is? I remember running into Kevin McHale a few years ago when the Spurs were going to play the Rockets. And he said, how do you do play-by-play in a game like this? And he was referring to the Rockets' offense. He says, dribble, dribble, step back, shoot, dribble, dribble, step back, shoot. And that's basically what it was when James Harden was with the Rockets. That's basically the way you describe their offense, right? Dribble, dribble, step back, shoot. So uh, I don't think uh, aesthetically it's necessarily a great thing for the game. But three is more than two. We know that analytics is now creeping its way into the game. I hope it doesn't do it as much as baseball has, uh, JT. But that's just me being an old-school guy uh, and and not really adapting to some of these uh, ideas in terms of mathematics taking over statistics, like, you know, too much. Uh, I I was never really good at math, so I don't like to do equations and launch angles and stuff like that. Is the ball good or is it off the rim? Is it off the backboard? Let's go the other way, right? So uh, I try to keep it simple with my play-by-play and not go too far depth into – all the percentages that we see in the game right now. Bill Shoney is our guest, voice of the Spurs, as we wrap it up. You know, it, I'm happy you mentioned McHale, but you easily could have mentioned Duncan because you covered all his games. And when the Spurs needed a huge bucket against LeBron, the Warriors, yeah, they could knock down a three. You mentioned Ginobili and Parker gets to the rim. But how great was it when they ran plays to Tim Duncan, 
the greatest forward of all time, and he could get an N1, knock down a free throw. That's the basketball I grew up with. When you desperately need a bucket, go to the guy that you know you can park on the low block who's got multiple moves. And not only on the low block, he can go from the high block, too, and he had that great shot, and it was really one of his signature shots, from either wing about 16, 17 feet out off the glass. And guys don't use the glass like that anymore. And that's one of the reasons why I think Shaq gave him the nickname Big Fundamental, because he was able to use the glass in a variety of ways and angles. Uh, you know, you mentioned Ginobili, and that's the thing I remember most about Manu is the way he was able to use angles. He had a soccer background, so he had kind of an unconventional approach. He was the guy that really brought and popularized the Euro step to the NBA. So I got to see a lot of these guys play all those games, and uh, it was a really special time. The thing about it, JT, that I remember the most was the consistency. They won 50 games 18 straight years. Uh, even a strike-shortened year, 11-12, they, we only played 66 games that year, and the Spurs went 50-16. and 16. So they kept that streak alive for a long time. Uh, wrapping it up with Bill Schoening. Uh, Bill, the shooting in Uvalde, not too far from you. I can't imagine what's going through your mind and what's going on in the state. I want to tie it into Steve Kerr's comments. The pregame, he showed tremendous emotion. He's very comfortable talking about uh, politics and gun laws. I don't want to do that with you, but you know Steve Kerr well from his years with the San Antonio Spurs. The shooting is not too far from where you lived. I mean, what, what is going through your mind when you saw Steve Kerr, someone you respect and know well, when he made those comments? Yeah, Steve, I consider a friend. I've known him for 21 years. He was with the Spurs when I got to uh, San Antonio. Uh, was always marvelous, always has been very, very cooperative. Uh, i got a great deal of respect for Steve. Of course, he was the victim. His father was the victim of, uh, of a shooting, and uh, so uh, Steve uh, was affected by that. I think it's still part of the passion that fuels him, and uh, you could see the emotion the raw emotion that he had the other day. And I can understand him not want to take questions about pick-and-roll defense when mm -hmm. something like this happens. I mean, this, this is serious. We've got to do something, JT. And I don't want to make it a political speech either, but, uh, you know, for, for a kid to walk into a store and buy, uh, you know, an assault rifle or two, whatever it was, and then just to, to you know, just go into a store, into a school, uh, whatever he does, you know, I mean, we, we had the school shooting uh, in, in Uvalde, uh, the supermarket shooting in Buffalo. When, when's it going to stop? And uh, uh, I don't want to get into a political thing either, but uh, it's, it's just heart disheartening because nothing seems to be getting done. Absolutely. I agree with you. It is so disheartening. It's been such a sad week. We're going to end on a positive with the book launch. I know you have one coming up here June 2nd, but for those listening, and we're streamed all over the world on Raider Nation Radio, tell us the hook to the book. I want everybody to go to Amazon.com, pick this up, because I know how great of a storyteller you are. Give us a couple of stories in the book and why we should get it. Well, one of the things about um, me is passion, and I have a passion for life. I have a passion for play-by-play. -play. I have a passion for the people I work with. And so uh, I've been very, very lucky in my journey that not only have I run into similar people, but I also have run into people with a good sense of humor. So there's a lot of humorous stories in the book. When, when you go in small market radio for 10 years and, you know, working out of the way places, uh, there are funny things that happen. So uh, I, I've been fortunate in that a lot of the book is humorous because uh, there's a lot of funny things that have happened to me. Uh, and also uh, the, the journey's been really cool where I've met a lot of cool people. So, you know, there, there are stories about uh, different folks. I mean, there's a Larry Bird story. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't tell it because it's on the air. But uh, <laughs> anyway, just, just uh, give yourself an opportunity. It's $15 on Amazon. It's a really easy read. Uh, I've included like 101 stories. Uh, from my career, uh, a lot of it obviously is with the Spurs, uh, but a lot of growing up in Philadelphia, 
Um, you know, my favorite building in the world is the Palestra, which is the historic uh, home for the University of Pennsylvania basketball team. It was built in 1927. So a lot of stories about growing up in Philly, those kind of roots with Will Chamberlain there and, uh, and all the guys from Overbrook and the University of Pennsylvania. So, so a lot of roots there. And then just uh, all through my career, uh, you know, just paying dues and having fun, really. And, uh, uh, again, a lot of funny stories about uh, – you know, one night I'll give you an example. Uh, I was doing a game in Sweetwater, Texas, uh, that epic battle between Lamisa and Sweetwater every year. But anyway, uh, the, the boss of mine was cheap, so he ordered a party line for the phone line. So back in the day, a party line meant that anybody could get on the line. So I'm broadcasting the game second and eight from the 35-yard line. This lady gets on the air. She's picking up her phone at the house. She wants to call her sister Agnes, and she's interrupting my third and eight call. So there became a dispute on the air between me and this lady, and she wants to call Agnes. So, uh, you know, finally we pitched the break. But now to this day, JT, I'm not kidding. When I hear a click on the air, I expect to hear this lady looking for her sister Agnes. <laughs> hey, Bill, last one. You've been a mentor of mine, a dear friend, and you always show up on my Facebook memories. But I have a problem you have to help me with. I don't drink white wine, and you are a Pinot Grigio servant. You like Riesling. You like all types of wine in the whites. And my wife looked at me the other day. It's 102 in Vegas. I'm with my dad, and I'm drinking a big, bold cab, a prisoner. And she's saying, why don't you try something new? And I go, I just can't. I like the big, bold Cabernet. How do I get out of that and try something new over the summer? I don't know. Sean Elliott's a mutual <laughs> friend of ours, and Sean is my wine savant. He's my go-to guy, and he's always getting on me about drinking more reds because I drink a lot of whites, and especially in the summertime. Uh, I don't know. It's just I guess part of it's taste, and part of it is not me being adventurous enough to go explore reds the way you don't want to explore whites, so maybe we should kind of have a trade-off on that. But uh, I, I like the dry Rieslings down. That's what I'm into, the German dry Rieslings. I'm sampling a lot of those this, this summer. I hope to do it with you. Congratulations on the book. We'll talk to you again uh, after the finals and down the road. I hope to see you soon, my friend. JT, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, brother. You got it. Bill Shoning, a voice of the San Antonio Spurs. And I get emotional talking to him because – you know, I wrote my book, The Handoff, about my mentor, Andrew Ashwood, who's one of my dear friends, died of terminal cancer. I was his chemo partner, and the book is about my journey with him as he handed off to me, the name of the book, The Handoff, handed off to me all these life lessons, and no one had a bigger impact on my career than Andrew. And Andrew hired Bill to be the voice of the Spurs. Literally hired him from the University of Texas, doing Texas football, and say, you're going to be the next voice of the Spurs. At the time, made the call, which was very controversial, because the Spurs had a play-by-play voice, but Andrew thought that Bill was better, and hired him, which is what great program directors do. They want to get the best, they get the best. Bill went on to win four championship rings. One of his best friends is Ginobili. He travels to Argentina with him. He's going to be there for his induction, and he's a musician, And he's just a great guy. And if you've ever heard a Spurs play-by-play soundbite in sports radio, it was that guy. And, you know, Duncan, Duncan turns, Duncan, Ginobili for three, the Manu Trey. That's his classic line there. And he's got a new book, and he's a good friend, and I'm happy we're able to get him on today as it's summertime radio, Damon. And you're new, and I'm, I'm not a mentor to you, but I'll just tell you, summertime radio, you know. You got to talk to authors. You got to talk to rock stars. You got to talk to quarterbacks. You mix it up here, but a fun Sunday, uh, excuse me, Friday here. We hope Bobby feels better and he comes back. We are off on Memorial Day. We'll be back on Tuesday. And then I got a big trip coming up and then head down. As today I found out, today I found out that I will be bringing the Raider Nation to Nashville. Hint, hint. 
we're going to Nashville. Raiders in Nashville. If you are not with me in Nashville, you better find a way as I am bringing that that army of Raider Nation down Broadway for that. That is locked in and confirmed on top of the fact that we're also going to be in Canton, Ohio for a long extended trip for the Summer Eclipse Branch. Today's the first day of summer. I wasn't aware of that. And it's the Summer Eclipse Branch. And our programming over the next couple of weeks and months is going to be Cliff Branch-esque, where out of the blue, you're going to hear someone talk about Cliff and his induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm out of here in about 15 minutes. Love to hear from a Raider fan or two. I've been packed with some good conversations today. Now let's hear from you. 702-365-9200. Does every song have to be Rush? I mean, we know I've pl- I've been to 54 Rush concerts, but who, who, who plugged this all in? I don't mind it. I just don't know if everybody likes it. I can listen to Rush all day long. I guess we'll do it again. Come on on the board. Spinning all the Rush tunes today. JT, have a great weekend, everybody. Have a safe Happy Memorial Day. My mom and dad who have been in town, I keep talking about them. Why wouldn't them? I, I, I miss my mom and dad. I don't see them much out here. Uh, they're on the tour of Allegiant Stadium coming up here in a few moments. So my sons and my mom and dad are taking the fame tour of Allegiant Stadium. And if you haven't done that yet, man, you're missing out. It's incredible. You get to the locker room. You get on the field. You can purchase a beverage. You can hang out there by the torch. Uh, that's where I host the pre- and post-game show with Eric Allen. I think it's the coolest gig I got in all of the NFL. There's 32 NFL franchises, and we're the only one that does a pre-game show from a torch inside a brand-new stadium on a stage. And we'll be back this year with some unique programming, uh, according to the Raiders, which we're really excited about. So I wanted to finish up the show this week with a couple of different topics, but get on the Warriors and what they did. The Warriors were incredible. Clay Thompson going through a two-year rehab. Think of that. Than I'll ever need in life. Could have retired, said, hey, woe is me, bad luck. I can't stay healthy. He rehabbed for years. Warriors handled it right, and now he's knocking down threes again. Draymond with the catch. Hand off to Clay. Right elbow jumper. That's short. Rebound. Looney deflected it. Got it back to Clay. Right side three. Got it! Tim Roy on the call there. So Clay played amazing last night. They really needed him. Tim Legler was on SportsCenter last night. He said he thought he's the most important player because when he's playing well, they're unbeatable. When he's not playing well or not playing, anybody can beat him. But when he's playing well, Legler made a really good point. When Clay is going off, They're unbeatable, and they're incredible. And the final call from last night is the Warriors took care of business at home in their new arena, putting Dallas away. Golden State is going to the finals for the sixth time in the last eight years. Big night for Klay Thompson with 32. A double-double for Looney. This crowd is back. They're on their feet, and their Warriors are going to the NBA Finals again. That's Kevin Harlan on the call on TNT. So the Warriors are in a really good space because they're not playing until June 2nd. They're not playing until June 2nd, and the Celtics still have another game tonight. If they win, they should win. I think the Celtics will win the game at home. But in this a victory for the Warriors who covered the spread of six and a half, because a lot of people bet the Warriors, man. They bring in a big handle here. Uh, just a great game overall. i got to give Draymond Green credit. I'm not a fan of Draymond. I don't like Draymond. Most non-Warrior fans, how could you like Draymond? You can respect him, but you don't like him. And Draymond's shutting everyone up. He was 6 of 7 from the field. 
four of four from the free throw line. He had nine assists, six rebounds, 17 points. I mean, that's a great stat line. Here's Draymond postgame. This one is special because this is a group that no one thought would ever be back here. You know, Clay Thompson go through two catastrophic injuries. Steph Curry breaks his hand. We went 15 games two years ago. A group of young guys and experienced guys. And Bob got at me earlier this year when I said, I don't know if this has ever worked. And he got at me. But this group continued to come every day, put the work in. Our coaching staff has been amazing. And we're here. We're back. Yeah, they are back, and they deserve a lot of credit. Now, look, a lot of our listeners who are tuned in today watch the Warriors play in Oakland. I haven't seen them play in San Francisco, but that, that arena was rocking last night. And I, Oakland was special when they played at Oracle, but they have everybody coming over from the East Bay, the entire Bay Area, to support this team. So Steph Curry won the inaugural West Finals MVP trophy, now called the Magic Johnson Conference MVP Award. How did they never have this award before? Now, there's a pretty big award here. So he was named the first-time winner of this here, and Draymond Green gave him a big, I thought, an incredible emotional hug. It was very emotional for them last night. And that's what's great about sports. No matter what sport you love, it could be MMA, boxing, basketball, soccer. When you see teams that go through adversity, when they get knocked down, they suffer injuries, and they've won multiple titles, and then they get there again. When they get there again, you could see how raw the emotion was for them last night. So Curry, a unanimous selection of nine media members to win that award, that's just another milestone in his career. And his career is really special there. Now, what do the Warriors need to do? They're going to shut it down here. They'll probably shut it down the next couple of days over the Memorial Day holiday. They'll wait and see who they play. Most likely the Celtics. And then against the Celtics, they're going to have to play up-tempo and run. Now, Boston has got an offense that can run with the Warriors And I like Boston's defense better. They have Marcus Smart, who's the defensive player of the year. Tatum can defend. And they got guys who can come off the bench. So that would be the best matchup, in my opinion. If they play the Heat, everybody's counted the Heat out. But we'll see if the Heat show up and play in this game. So that wraps up almost a a busy week here. I want to wrap up also a couple more quick topics here before I get out of here on the Raiders. What we're going to do here over the next couple of weeks is really examine what's happening before training camp after the OTAs of the players that are going to have to fight to make the team and the players whose contracts are running out. Cleland Farrell, Jonathan Abram, Josh Jacobs, like Josh, like Josh a lot, but he's playing for his future this year. And then the new draft picks that are coming in and how they're all going to fit in. I did think Colt Miller yesterday on the offensive line, he looked great yesterday. He looked fit. I mean, look ripped for a guy like that. He's a big guy. And they put him out there as one of the leaders of the team. You think of the players who spoke yesterday, because Josh McDaniels has got a whole bunch of new guys. These aren't his guys. These are the guys he inherited or they just signed. But the gentleman who spoke yesterday, Mad Max, Perriman, you look at the depth of this team, Mad Max Crosby. These are the leaders who are going to speak to us all year long in the media. And then we'll get to learn about some of the younger players who are out there. I think the most important player over the next two months is going to be Alex Leatherwood. And, Damon, I don't know if you agree with me on that, but I think I also think Jonathan Abram, too, because if they don't believe in Jonathan Abram, they got to find someone to play that position. 
and they have some depth there. So I think it's Alex Leatherwood as a starter at right guard or right tackle if he blows everyone away. And then Jonathan Abram on how many snaps he's going to have because if they don't believe in him and he doesn't blow everybody away in this preseason here, they got to go fill another hole. I think with Abram, people still think that he has some promise or maybe you can mask it or maybe you can hide him a little bit with certain matchups. But with Leatherwood, you can't hide being a bad right tackle or maybe is he going to be with the right guard. So with him, there's more intrigue because with Abram, I feel like player, people just think, hey, man, you can, you can scheme that. You can scheme Abram to where he's not that much of a liability. But with Leatherwood, the unknown is out there. We've seen Abram have good games. But with Leatherwood, I, I feel like people just don't know. And we talk about the potential, the ceiling. We got to see it. That's a really good point you make. First off, with Alex Leatherwood, he's supposed to be a lock. He's not supposed to be a guy you still have to figure out. He was taken 17 overall in the first round, which you get drafted there to be a perennial pro bowler. That's how good you are when you get picked, taken that highly. And you're right. He is still a question mark. So he can't be a question mark. He's got to look in the mirror, and I think he does. I haven't heard anything about Leatherwood not working hard and not being a guy who gets it. The Raiders chose him. He didn't choose the Raiders. The Raiders chose him. Now he's in a tough spot here because clearly the Raiders could have passed on him and got him later on in the draft. Clee Farrell is a big one for me because I think Clee, and I saw him out recently and just talked to him for a moment, and I don't claim to know him well, but I think he gets where his career's at right now. He's physically gifted. He's the player that he was drafted to be, a top edge rusher, inside interior defensive guy. You don't make, they played at Clemson on a national championship team as the best defensive player. He's got to rise to the occasion. And I think the old regime had him here and he would have been done. And the new regime, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, to have him here now, they're giving him a really big chance to pop. He should have popped by now. But there have been some of the greatest players in NFL history up in their first five years and did after that. And I'm really hoping that he turns out well. I want to see Jonathan Abram turn out well. And I want to see Trayvon Mullen healthy. I want to see that guy healthy playing at a very high level. These are important pieces because if they, if you don't go forward with those guys, you got to go out and get new guys. And it's hard. It's a crapshoot. Again, thanks, Simon, for doing this today. Hope Bobby feels better. We'll be back on Tuesday, I believe. Memorial Day, we're off, but I'll be on SiriusXM. They have a nice link to my SiriusXM show right there on the homepage at Raiders.com. I appreciate the Raiders doing that. SiriusXM is for free all weekend long. Sample it and check out what I'm doing. At JT the Brick on Twitter and on Facebook. Have a safe, safe, safe Memorial Day, everybody, with your family and friends. Be careful on the roads. We'll see you next week.